0: This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. This episode, Derek Millman is back on the podcast. He was on last year for his debut, Swipe Right for Murder. Uh, When I was in New York recently, I met up with him at Kid Frick's launch party. She's another past guest. She has a new book out called All Eyes on Us. And so Derek and I talked about doing the podcast again because he has a new book out called Swipe Right for Murder. Uh, That's a teen thriller, perfect summer read, and he talks all about it in this episode. So listen in. So Derek, I talked to you probably just about a year and maybe two weeks ago uh, with your (laughs) debut Scream All Night. Uh, With that being your debut as you kind of reflect back over that past year, what was it like uh, that debut year, your first book and promoting it and everything that went along with it?
1: It was pretty surreal. I was promoting Scream All Night um, pretty much like all day, every day, while I had gotten, um, I think, the first round of edits for Swipe Right for Murder, which actually wasn't called that at the time. I was called Night Flight. I knew they were going to change the title, but we didn't have that title yet. Um so it was there were, it was pretty much a blur because I was mm-hmm. uh doing promo for Scream and then um in every single hour that was free I was uh I was beginning the editing process for uh for Swipe so I was in pretty much like straddling two different worlds and two different voices um I mean I was just sort of coming out of the Scream world into the Swipe world <laughs> I was sure. like doing the external work for Scream but I was internally in Swipe if that makes sense so it was a lot. It was it was pretty exhausting.
0: And like, how do you even juggle it? Is it a big disruption to, you know, you're promoting and being asked questions about Scream All Night. And meanwhile, you have to kind of refocus yourself somehow uh, with this other one that's in the works is how do you kind of go through that reset? Are you able to hold both in your head or was there any sort of process to kind of transition your thought process from one to the other?
1: Well, when you're, um, on a deadline, you don't have much choice and that sort of just guides you, (laughs) you have to just be disciplined about it. Uh, the creative process for scream was over. So it's not like I was writing two different books at the same time or writing two different things. I just had to answer questions and, um, uh, you know, give interviews about the characters in the world of scream while I was fixing and, uh, fleshing out the world of swipes. I was able to sort of, um, you know, uh, Delegate that out in my brain um, in a way that worked um, because it was mostly all the creative brain power was going to swipe, and then all of the sort of the uh, the thinking, the 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 heady stuff was going into scream so that I could mm-hmm. talk about the book because uh, when you're doing interviews and when you're talking about the book that's done, you're kind of looking outwards in, uh, mm-hmm. not in out, not inwards out. So um, anymore, so I was sort of. I was floating above both and looking, you know, looking from a vantage point into scream so I could talk about it. And then um, the opposite for swipe. I was, you know, and I maintained a certain um, level of uh, just focus for that. I I was just able to um, separate it out so that I could, have certain hours where I was going to do promo and then certain hours or usually later in the day where I was going to uh, edit Swipe. I wasn't like doing one hour and then the next hour. Mm-hmm. I was, If you sort of organize your day, you can organize your brain, if that makes sense. All
0: right. So let's jump into Swipe Right for Murder so we can kind of talk about that and compare uh, experiences. So give me the synopsis, the picture for what uh, this book's about.
1: Swipe Right for Murder is about um, a gay teen named Aiden. He's 17. He's on a spring break uh, from prep school. Um, he's staying the night at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in New York City. He's uh, on his way to meet his family. The next day they're going to visit a uh, injured relative. And he uses an app to hook up uh, with uh, a much older man. And then when that man winds up dead, Aiden is caught in this classic case of mistaken identity. And he sort of... Goes on the run and he's embroiled with a terror group called the Swans who are seeking to take down uh, prominent right wing homophobes. And Aiden, uh, once they start sort of trying to recruit Aiden, he realizes he's a little bit more sympathetic than he would have liked. Um, And Aiden has a broken, wounded past. Um, which is kind of what led him down this path to begin with. And as he goes on the run, you learn a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more about him. Um, And sort of layers get shed from his character as he sort of um, tries to survive his circumstances, his spring break, basically, as he goes on the run from uh, the terrorists and from his family and from uh, the feds and, you know, his himself and his own past. So that's what that book is about.
0: And what was that idea? What got you started writing this book?
1: I think it was a, a, like a, just sort of the sparkling mixture of mystery and thriller novels I grew up reading, and then also classic Hitchcock movies and classic movies where the, the you know the wrong man is in the in the wrong circumstances, and uh, and everyone thinks he's this person. And, and it particularly worked well with YA because you know. Why it tends to deal a lot with identity and mm-hmm. sort of forming one, and the Aiden's get shredded and blown to pieces pretty much early in the book. So uh, it's sort of a take on that as well, on what identity is. Um, when when Scream got acquired, uh, people were, started asking uh, what I was working on next, and the email came from my agent. She's like, Do you have, you know what are you what are you sort of planning?" And at that point, I was really just kind of had like one sentence ideas, and I was just like, "Well." I have this idea for like, sort of like a gay North by Northwest with like an action adventure caper. But the, the hero is like very, um, he's sort of like a flawed gay teen. And the villains are, and she's like, write it, write it, write this, write this for me. And so I I started writing it. Um, I would go to cafes, this is about three years ago. So this is actually before. Uh, the present circumstances that we have in this country, uh, I started fleshing out and I recently found my like first notebook where I had all this nervous doodling and I started just writing um out ideas for the story, which is how I tend to start something and It just sort of began with Aiden talking to me, and I was hearing his voice and then once I had the character or the you know the sort of soul of the character I, the the plot sort of came. To fruition and i you know surrounded myself with like those kind of classic movies to sort of see how the plot could move how the plot would be structured and uh that's kind of how that formed
0: and you know why i don't think there's there's not enough thrillers maybe i think uh, you know especially compared to the adult side of things so it's great to have a YA thriller and so when you're planning out a book like this do you especially when you're setting up the plot like you mentioned Do you really have to do a lot of outlining so you know where the beats are, you know where the turns are, and kind of how everything's going to work out? Or do you sort of dive into it and see kind of where the character and where the story takes you?
1: Like I know basic things. I think I know um, it's kind of that I may have said this last time, but like what E.L. Doctor said where he can only, see, you know, he only sees as far as the headlights take you when you're in the rain kind of thing. Um, so I never, I don't formally outline. It's just not something I do. I just take random, not random notes, but I take loose notes. Uh, so I have an idea of where things are going, but the magic kind of happens or the real, you know, meat of it kind of happens when I'm sitting in front of the computer. Um, that's kind of where it all forms. Although I, 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 if I'm stuck, I'll go out, I'll take my notebook, I'll write, write some ideas by hand, I'll take a walk. But I had a, I had an ink, incl- you know, I had a very, um, I had a very clear idea structurally where this was going to go. It's sort of, I can see point A and B and C and D, but I don't necessarily know how he's going to get to A and B and C and D or how um, all that's going to make sense. So it, 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 it's sort of about creating the connective tissue um, or fleshing it out so that I can see um, what his journey is going to be like and how he's going to do it and what the background is. And a lot of things surprise me. A lot of the twists that you're, you, you're reading like, are just things that I kind of thought in the moment um, while I was writing, uh, while I was drafting. Um, maybe inspired by some of the notes that I had taken in a different direction. I like that. I like being surprised. I don't like having everything sort of mapped out and outlined. It's just not not as fun for me that way. It feels more like work. And the trick is to trick myself into thinking it's not work.
0: (laughs) And so was this a much more intensive process than Scream All Night as far as writing? Or were they similar? Did you learn something from Scream All Night? In that process, do you were able to bring over to writing Swipe Right?
1: Um, that's a good question. I think that with Scream, I sort of got a handle on like what what my voice is and like what my style is. That there's going to be there's going to be sort of a heightened sensibility to things. There's going to be it's going to be suffused with black humor. Um, it's going to be voicey, but there's going to be sort of action there's going to be literary style circumstances so i had a firmer handle on like who i am maybe as a artist as a ya writer after the first book i didn't have moldavia to hide behind like that, scream all night had that sort of like you know it it was it's almost a fantastical world this is pretty much Mm -hmm. set in in new york so um it required different research. I research everything. And, uh, a lot of the things in the book that people may not realize are real are actually real or based on real things, uh, from the, uh, leaflet he talks about from the, um, the gay pride rally from the nineties and then, um, from de- hotel death rays and Sammy cam car and, um, cyber attacks, uh, all that stuff was, re- was, you know, I thoroughly researched sure. and made sure this is real or could happen or is based in reality. Okay. Um, and then sort of spiraled it outward so that it would make sense within the world of the book. Um, it was definitely like an emotionally exhausting process. Aiden is kind of an, um, he, he's a, he's, so there's a lot going on with him as with Dario and scream all night, but uh, there was something, there was sort of like next level stuff, I think with Aiden, so that I would find myself <laughs> emotionally exhausted often writing him um, and everything that had happened to him. Uh, I think, cause Moldavia shielded me a little bit more with Scream mm-hmm. and Dario, and this was very much like now, here. Um, if that makes sense, sure. uh, we're dealing with this world, and it's very and and it's you know it's kind of like a, it's kind of very Hitchcockian, but very now and and updated for the digital world, and there's a little bit of a take on technology and how yeah. what we give up to get certain things and you know, what we sacrifice for convenience or for pleasure or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, I had, I, I think I was able to sort of let go of a lot of self-doubt and a lot of things that, that maybe wouldn't have allowed for some risk-taking because I like to take risks. And mm-hmm. so after Scream, I was able to do that, um, I think, a little bit more freely, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. And I definitely like, you know, the plot And the different twists and everything involves a lot of technology, very, very modern. uh, And as you said, stuff that not even uh, a lot of people know about. Was there anything maybe that you, in your research, you learned uh, and you thought was interesting but weren't able to work into the story?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, There must have been. I think there's probably more stuff in terms of, like, the government's actual concerns and mm. fears that, like, military attack drones can be hacked, um, and also how vulnerable we all are to, to cyber attacks, which is in the book, but there was, I guess, more. It was it was spread out in, over mm. more research, and I had to just, you know, pare it down to the essentials. Um, but that kind of research was, was interesting and also terrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the, the antagonists of the story, the swans, uh, when you first came kind of was fleshing out this idea, uh, at what point did it hit you that 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 this evil force should have uh, while their actions may be implorable their their purpose or their uh, their motivations uh, even you know Aiden has uh, trouble kind of uh, not totally being repulsed by was that always? Uh, did you know you really had a, a good villain when there was that kind of moral confliction there?
1: Yeah, and that came through the revisions, I think, early on, like Scotty, and who's the head of the Swans, I think he was basically um, more villainous and cartoonish, but the trick was making him more human and sympathetic that the reader would start to sort of fall into a moral gray area. That was my goal anyway. I hope I achieved it. Yeah. And Aiden sort of being caught between them because everyone is sort of morally gray, gray in that book. I mean, the FBI and the swans and um, everyone, everyone he sort of loved. Um, it's everyone is sort of falling into these, you know, n- not quite good and not quite evil. And the trick with, Scotty and the Swans was, was creating this almost like um, phone line to Aiden, literally and figuratively, where Scotty sort of understands a deeper side of Aiden that no one else understands and no one else gets, or they sort of cloak it in euphemistic language. But Scotty understands a certain side of Aiden that, and, and sort of you know seduces him in that way. Um, And I thought that would be, that's sort of an interesting thing that developed as I started writing it, that um, Scotty was able to have this um, connection to Aiden that no one else had. And that's kind of what drew Aiden in and made him a little bit um, unsure of himself and unsure of what he should do because Scotty does make some really good points. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, it's, they They go over to the dark side, and you know extremism is extremism. it's never gonna get anyone anywhere um but at the same time, Aiden makes some good points that you know people's by siphoning away civil rights by siphoning away people's rights and turning people's families against them and and turning people's churches against them you know gay gay kids who are trying to come out are are endangered mm-hmm. in that way so what what really is murder? As that's sure. what he's saying. But I would never come out in favor of of, of extremism, obviously. But okay. um, the the theory behind it, as you said, the philosophy behind it makes sense. Um, and it, it, it's just that you know how do you go about it?
0: Sure. And as world uh, world events, real events are you know happening during the course of this uh, story. Did that? Did you find that that was influencing the story? That you maybe uh, had to pull back what you may have wanted to say, or things popped up because of what was going on in the news? Uh, what kind of influence was there?
1: I mean, I had to be careful. I just, I think, what the influence that that I had over the book was me being very careful not to get too angry and not mm-hmm. to get too didactic. Um, so it was like I better keep. I better keep the reins in here because it's not, that's not going to make a fun book. Mm-hmm. This still has to be, this has to have meaning and have like an emotional foundation, but it has to move and it has to, it can't be, it can't be too angry. So like when I first started drafting it, I think Mike Pence was the governor of what, Indiana and like he was starting to, those laws were starting, he was starting mm-hmm. to p- try to pass those laws and was getting a lot of resistance. I would never in a million years have thought he would make it to the White House. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Kim Davis era. It was like that summer, I remember her, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where she was denying it. So it's like people's, you know, we were being presented as the other in these circumstances where our rights were sort of being uh, threatened. So it was like already there, it was already a threat that then it really amped up and I had to keep the story grounded. It couldn't get too hysterical, I guess you could say. So it, it, it did and didn't have an effect. It, it had, I think the, the main effect it had was me being very careful to, um, to stay true to the story, which I had already started working on and not make it. Um, I didn't, I don't reference the mm-hmm. president. I don't sure. reference it him specifically. So, I mean, it, it can take place now and the story could, take place 20 years from now um or could you know it's it's sort of that kind of thing
0: was it so this book is being put out uh by jimmy patterson books james patterson's uh press was that kind of a a neat thing to know that uh you know your thriller is going to be under an imprint uh based on an author that is prolific in in his thrillers and books
1: Oh, it's a major honor and he's very involved. So Jimmy Patterson is an imprint of little Brown and uh, little Brown's an imprint of Hachette. Um, and so it's, they put a lot of marketing muscle behind every book that they acquire and they push and they do it passionately. It's a great team. And, and, James Patterson is very involved. Um, He really wants to give back, and he really wants kids to read and fall in love with books. And they take a lot of risks in in the books they acquire, and they have this sort of major following now because of that. And he wrote my foreword, and uh, they told me early on he was going to be pretty much, um, uh, you know, he was going to have – pretty solid opinions about the packaging and what it was going to look like and the title, which they told me was going to change. I'm like, fine, he obviously knows what he's doing <laughs> in that regard probably more than, than I ever will. So that, that was totally fine. So it's been, a, it's been like a glorious experience. I feel very spoiled uh, and very sure. lucky to have been able to work with him and this whole team. So it's great.
0: Great. And so going back... Uh, From your debut to this book, what do you think was the most important lesson you learned uh, during Scream All Night that you're going to take into uh, the uh, promotion of Swipe Right for Murder?
1: It's always better to be acquired by an imprint where everyone cares about what they acquire and that there are no cracks to fall between. Mm -hmm. And there are things you can control and there are things you can't control. It is always better when the publisher is pushing a book there should never be circumstances where that's not happening, but apparently publishing works differently than um, a rational person would think. (laughs) So what I would say is that um, that's not necessarily something an author has control over of what a publisher or what an imprint is going to do. But knowing that they're, but knowing I don't have to worry knowing that um, knowing that they, they feel passionately about every single thing they acquire and that they, and they, do everything and they send me on a tour and I'm going to be you know in ALA and I'm at Book Expo that was wonderful um, but a big part of it is also knowing that ultimately you just cannot control most of it you don't know what readers are going to want and know so much of it is about timing and the cover and um, what people's moods are like and what the, you know, what, what else is coming out. And there's just so many factors out there. And, and just, I think the main thing to answer your question is the ability to let go and mm-hmm. to just move on to the next project and let the, let the, um, the forces do as they do as they want, which is much, much easier in this instance because I, you know, it, it, cause this is a very strong imprint mm-hmm. and they, um, and they promote the hell out of everything, which is how it should be. That's how it should be. But, you know, I always think idealistically. Sure. So that that's my answer to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll ask you, uh, during Scream All Night, you were, you know, busy in, uh, working on and editing Swipe Right for Murder. Are you busy working on a third book?
1: I am, yes. Uh, this one's tough. Uh, it is about... Um, It's sort of like a stormy gay love story set against a secret society at a prep school. But it's based on a real secret society at an Ivy League school um, and I have this inside track into everything. I've received all these materials. So it's sort of like moving all that over to a prep school and fictionalizing it. So there's like a ton of research that I've been having to do and developing these characters. So I'm staying busy with that. Uh, But it's a really cool project and everyone seems excited about it so far. It's involved maybe so so far maybe some of the most intricate writing I've done yet in in YA but it's it's good I, I I'm scared of it but I'm, I'm I'm liking it at the same time or even loving it I'll say that's
0: great and so they say that every book you know you think there's you have to write every book uh, differently or each book is a different animal on its own are you finding that to be true
1: Absolutely. Every book teaches you how to write that book. Mm. (laughs) One book does not teach you how to write all books. Every book teaches you how to write that one book, for sure. That's the case, for me at least.
0: Great. So let's wind down here. I'll ask you uh, just a few questions. Uh, What uh, movies, television show have you been sort of obsessed with lately, when you've had the time?
1: Um, I really love Schitt's Creek on um, Netflix. I think it's such a funny, sweet uh, show. I'm I'm just kind of obsessed with it. I really like the new uh, reboot of Tales of the City. Uh, They use most of the original cast. It's like a very diverse uh, group of characters, um, extremely queer, and apparently the writer's room is too. So, I mean, and they're also doing this thing, which is (laughs) – weirdly new where they're setting it in San Francisco, but they're not using one of those like David Fincherish filters mm-hmm. to make everything look depressing. It, everything looks sunny and happy even though they're dealing with some real issues and, you know, there's a lot going on. And I, I appreciate the look of it too. Um, what movies I, uh, what did I see? I saw, oh my gosh, I saw Funny Games, the original 1997 mm-hmm criterion was having like they were having a sale at lunch and so i picked up some movies i hadn't seen in a while and wow that movie is really messed up (laughs) I, I, i can't get it out of my head it is so so messed up um and uh i saw dead don't die the new jim jarmusch movie at um with all these it's a it's a fun cast. It's like a zombie comedy movie. Um I love that he's taking on all these like horror subgenres like he did Vampires with only lovers left alive and now he's doing zombies. I wonder if he's gonna keep that up, which is really interesting. Um and I saw this really funny Matthew McConaughey movie called The Beach Bum, uh, which I don't think anyone saw this. Is that what it's called? I think it's called that. Um uh, he's just doing this, he's just doing, he's really kind of genius sometimes. And he's doing this really unique character. Uh, it's kind of hilarious and kind of sad. Um, I won't say too much about it, except if you ever want to know what Key West is like, cause I've been there, <laughs> I was working on a project there. This movie is like, just, it's just, it is all exactly what Key West is like. And everyone, everyone who lives there, what they're like, that was an interesting movie that I saw. I love Catastrophe on Amazon. That's just a funny show. The, the The two of them are hilarious on it um, that's always a, I always recommend that to people um but like shit's creek is like has been my has been a real recent favorite for me um I love the writing on it I love the characters i love the setting um it's just, and i love the there's a gay couple on it that's like like my favorite gay couple ever on a on a t v show I, I just i love it
0: right and next question if there if you could be approached to take An already existing character world, cast of characters if Disney, Warner Brothers, any one of these big companies called you, what would be like your dream project to write a book based on these characters, this situation, whatever the case may be?
1: See, I don't really know the Marvel movies that well, so I thought that was the first thing I thought. I, you know what I would do? I would like, I, I would maybe like do a re. I would maybe because I've been playing the Spider-Man game. Oh, I yes. would do like a, I would do a, like a reboot of Spider-Man and make it. Um, I don't know. They kind of did that with Into the Spider-Verse, which is so wonderful to see. What other existing? <laughs> you know, you know, would be interesting though is to set like the Hunger Games in, like, <laughs> in like. In in sort of like the current circumstances, because I I don't know like maybe like two like if you're going to if I was going to be like Suzanne Collins is a break, can you write the next Hunger Games book? I would like (laughs) set it in like 2020 during the election. (laughs) I'd like see what 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 kind of dystopian I I don't know. There's so much darkness happening now in the country that that would almost work. Um, And maybe like with Spider Man, like maybe have like a domestic drama about him maybe, like, taken in a totally different direction where you actually see the effects of being a superhero on like, his mundane life. And, uh, and, like, if he gets married or or actually has children and, like, moves to the suburbs and tries to deal with, like, his superhero status, um, you know, in, in, like, a real-world setting where he's not necessarily swinging from buildings all the time, but he's just kind of, like, trying to, like deal with a mortgage (laughs) and like maybe has a has a different kind of day job and it's like in the suburbs though it's not necessarily in the city and like how he's trying to move away and have a normal life so it's like escaping the superhero thing um to sort of have the classic americana suburban white white picket fence kind of thing um and what that would be like for a superhero trying to do that that might be interesting
0: yeah and then finally what is the last great book that you've read
1: The last great book that I read, I've read a lot of great books. Um, You know, I'll shout out two. One was uh, Social Creature by Tara uh, Isabella Burton, which is just a phenomenal thriller. It was just like so gorgeously written and darkly funny. It was just right up my alley. Um, And uh, Lie With Me uh, by Philippe Besson uh, and translated from the French by Molly Ringwald. Um, and I love that that's what she's doing now, um, was a gorgeous, um, LGBTQ love story instead of, it's like call me by your name, but instead of an age difference, there's a class difference, uh, Mm. since since in France, um, and it's just, it's just beautiful and tragic and lovely. And, um, so those, those are two great books I could recommend.
0: Great. Well, Derek, Swipe Right for Murder is your newest book, uh, I've been reading it and I've enjoyed it. Congratulations on it. And I can't wait to see what else you you. have for us.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And that wraps up this episode. Again, Derek's book, Swipe Right for Murder. Check that out. It's a great thriller. And if you would be interested in hearing our first episode together, I put a link uh, in the show notes. You have to go to BrockShelly.com my feed only takes the last 50 episodes but that means if you go on that site you can find a lot of episodes from a lot of past guests a lot of great authors so I hope you'll check that out I'm Brock Shelley and until next time keep reading